getting started, I would like to share the story of how we, how well, sorry, how I came across this movie. So one day, I got bored, and my mind started to wander, and the thought came to my head, I wonder if there's a Paul Bunyan horror movie, and sure enough, I get on the old Google machine, look it up, and well, damn, sure enough, there is, and I, I guess we're just going to have to talk about it. <laughs> so guys, everybody, welcome to the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. I'm your host, Max Steele, and as always, I am joined by the blue ox to my Paul Bunyan. It's Michael Flaherty, everyone. It's fitting because I am a babe. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's, that's all I got. I'm Isn't that that's the name? That's the name of the that's the name of the that's the name of the ox, right? It, 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 it is. It is. Hell yeah! Mm-mm. Ooh, my bits land. <laughs> and and funnily and funnily enough, uh, babe, the blue ox is what we used to call you back in high school. So you know, it all it all comes exactly. around. Exactly. Exactly. Because I was sturdy and I and I wanted to be a part of the blue man group or whatever whatever the aliens were in that Eiffel sixty five music video. <laughs> I mean, for a more contemporary reference, the Navi. There you go. Yo, yeah, exactly. It's my, my references stop at like 2007. So we're talking about Axe Giant, the Wrath of Paul Bunyan today. This 2013 like B movie horror film that's very, very cheap. And Mike, I have to ask, what did you think when I told you, hey? So I had this idea. What if we cover a movie, a horror movie about Paul Bunyan? See, okay, all right, all right, all right. So my initial thought was, okay, we're getting a we're getting a Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey sort of thing, where it's like, oh, it's a folk tale, or it's in the public domain. So some some jackass with enough money is like, oh yeah, let's just let's make it a horror movie. That makes sense. And much like the results of the Winnie the Pooh horror movie. I was pained to see that it wasn't good. It it was it wasn't good. I I sat down and I watched it and I I was like, oh, okay, okay, cool. It's 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 a Paul Bunyan folktale thing. And then they just they took it in a weird ass direction that I wasn't really prepared for personally. But you know what? Lo and behold, is a uh, yeah, I I don't I don't know what the hell I expected. At this point, this podcast has me so jaded that like you just tell me things at this point, and it's just like I'm just like okay, cool. We're watching watching Paul Bunyan, the Axe Giant. Now, the one thing I do want to point out is that this movie is available on YouTube, but it's also available on Tubi. So you really get two different versions. Mike, I don't know which one you watch. I know I sent you the YouTube link, but on YouTube. You have to kind of deal with the YouTube censorship, which Ooh. personally to me was kind of funny because it just seemed like the editing was just all over the place on the YouTube version. But, oh. on the, but on the Tubi version, you get a little bit more of that that bad CGI gore that you're looking for. Mike, which version did you end up watching? I I see I saw I saw I saw the link to the YouTube version and I was like, okay, cool. And my brain was like, cool, I want to sit down and watch this with my feet kicked up. So I watched it on the 2B version. Because mm-hmm. I don't know why, but my brain associates with YouTube with watching it on like my iPad. Mm-hmm. So I watched the 2B version. So my roommate walked in on this version 
uh, the Tubi version of Paul Bunyan. And I shit you not, his first his first words were, is this a sci-fi movie? Because all we've had up to this point is that that's just been this ridiculously awful has just been like, like, what what the hell is it called? It's called it's land. What is it? Land sharks or whatever? Avalanche Snow sharks. sharks. Avalanche, Avalanche sharks. sharks. There we go. How can I forget? Avalanche sharks. The the stinker of the century. And then the other one, which was, uh, uh, what is it? Pterodactyl. R.I.P. Coolio. It's. R.I.P. Coolio. It's just, the, jo- the jokes feel weird now. No. Um, okay. So moving past that, it's just because the the acting is is so bad to a point where it feels like everyone's phoning it in. Everybody. And then on top of that, you have the CGI, which is appalling. And then the green screen running where his people literally doing high knees like they're exercising in front of an actual green screen it's like like the old the old like i don't know like beverly hillbillies or something where it's literally a rolling background and they're just pretend driving a car it's like that bad it is like that bad yeah you think you're in like a like a saul goodman commercial or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's I could just I could just see the redhead just starting going, I better call Saul. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a this is definitely a modern day B movie through and through. Mm-hmm. And even looking at the people behind mm-hmm. the scenes, it's like the directors and writers, like their whole filmography, they just work in B movies. But you want to know what a big surprise in this movie was? Hmm. The, the inclusion of one of the actors by the name of Joe Estevez. Mike, do, do you know who that do you know who that is? I know I know the last name Estevez and the name Estevez in Hollywood is uh it's a deep running one for uh and, and I think many I think actually many of the listeners know multiple Estevezes. Uh, they just don't know it. So why don't why don't you why don't you enlighten us on who this Joe Estevez fella is? So Joe Estevez is the younger brother of one Martin Sheen, but also the uncle of one Emilio Estevez, and the internet's favorite crazy person circa like 2011, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> He's got, hey, he's got tiger blood, he's got Adonis DNA, and he's crazy. But we all, we all love him. We all love him. It's, I... <laughs> I mean, you got a familial I connection saw... to one of, like, the Estevezes, so why the fuck didn't you make Paul Bunyan just a coked-up Charlie Sheen with an axe just running through the exactly. woods? Exactly. <laughs> I, dude, that would be awesome. If you sit there and just turn to Charlie Sheen and just go... I have the deal of a lifetime for you, Charlie. I know Hollywood doesn't watch you anymore. Why don't you come over to why don't you come over to the western side or the or the other side of Hollywood and just work in B movies. <laughs> Cause Charlie Sheen as a coked up Paul Bunyan running around with an axe would be scarier. I'm gonna be so honest. Charlie Sheen with a weapon of any kind is just is just it's just frightening. It's just a frightening, frightening idea. It's just, it's like, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a human version of Cocaine Bear, the movie, not the, not the, 
not the historical uh, phenomenon that happened in northern Georgia. Uh, no, I, I feel like if you just gave like Charlie Sheen just like like a post-it note, I would still be shitting my pants. I'm like, what's he going to do with it? <laughs> what's it's he going to do with it's, it? It's Charlie Sheen has anything that's more that's that's harder than like an apple. And everyone's suddenly like, Charlie, we can talk. Charlie, Charlie, we can talk about this. And he's just he's like, he just has a sack of coins. And you're like, you're like, OK, everybody run for the hills. Charlie, Charlie Sheen's here and he's ready to throw the fuck down. But but getting back to Joe Estevez for a second, I was looking through his filmography a little bit, Mike. And you want to know what movie he was in that has a tangential relationship to this podcast? Wait, what movie? Joe Estevez was in Samurai Cop 2 Deadly Vengeance. Okay. I'm... I'm I'm gonna be so honest. It's it feels almost like ridiculous now how everything just gets interconnected on this podcast. It's like we don't intend for this. Is we've we've done this bit so many times, but it, every time it shocks me to my core. Mm-hmm. Just the idea that just like just everyone, just everyone, it just in these like shitty B movies is just working. Just, just hot, just working multiple of these movies at once, and we're just eating. You know, it's a small world there, Hollywood. You know, it's like you know one Do- person, you know Do- everybody. It's no, you see, okay, see, 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 with all of like the popular movies. If you told me that, I would have been like, all right, yeah, that makes sense. But like, I don't know why, but B movies to me always just felt like something that was just so removed. You know, mm-hmm. like it always felt like something that was just. That was just this, like, we're too cool for Hollywood. Like, I don't know, maybe like an outlaw country sort of thing where they're like, yeah, fuck Hollywood. We'll do our own thing. But no, it's just it's just these people who suck too much to get, like, (laughs) nationwide scoring for their movie. So they're just like, yeah, fuck it. We'll just show it limited over in L.A. And you're like, okay, sure. Why not? (laughs) Who cares? So now, Mike, let's get to the important question of this podcast. If this movie were a drink, what would it be and why? All right. Okay. This movie is bad. This movie has CGI out the wazoo. This movie is is it feels like 90% of it is on or not 90, 50% of it is on a green screen. But nonetheless, I will persist with an actual cocktail instead of saying a green screened cocktail. Mm-hmm. So, This movie takes place in the woods. And you know if a movie's taking place in the woods, you know the Messed Up at Midnight podcast is going to pick moonshine. (laughs) And boy, is it no different here. I'm picking some moonshine. But not just any moonshine. You need some moonshine that lights on fire. You need some of the clean stuff. Mm. The stuff that would ma- that that could that could clean a wound potentially. Doesn't need to be ever clear. It doesn't. But it's got to be strong. It's got to make you go oh, poison like as you drink it. So a good easy one is uh old smoky blue flame moonshine. That's what I picked for this, but you know, anything over 100, it's good. Now, so we have our cheap moonshine to harness the power of this cheap movie that takes place in the woods with a 
with a northern U.S. folktale. Mm-hmm. Very woodsy. So, we gotta have something else. Something, uh, something also a little woodsy. Let's get a liqueur involved. A liqueur to just sort of like really kind of, you know, add some development to this. But liqueurs are also very expensive. Mm-hmm. So, how about instead of a normal liqueur... Let's make our own. Come on. This movie, it's cheap. It's Hollywood. It's DIY. We got to work with what we have. So I want you to grab some leftover blue flame, all smoky moonshine, uncork that sucker, walk yourself out in the woods and grab some pine cones. (laughs) Young? Mature? Who knows? Just, you know, grab some. Toss it in that bottle. Enough to wear... Enough to where it just crests that blue, that blue flame moonshine. Wait, wait a couple, wait a couple days. Wait like five, six days, you know, give it a shake. Make sure that pine cone flavor really gets in there. But, and also, also add some simple syrup just to like sweeten it up, make it an actual liqueur. Pour in like, pour in a little bit of pine cone liqueur. You know what? How about... Three quarters of an ounce. Two ounces of blue flame moonshine. Three quarters of an ounce of pine cone liqueur. Now, come on. What, we need something else to really bring it all together. You know, like, like, a, like a non-alcohol. To really kind of, you know, balance out what we got right now. Let's get a fruit juice. But fruit juices, that's too expensive. Come on, come on. What are, what are we, made of money? We gotta make do with what we have. We got... We got some stuff lying around in the backyard that feels fruity. Let's go out there. Grab some berries. Are they poisonous? Who cares? Are they fresh? Who cares? Are they your neighbors? Who cares? Why don't you just grab it? Toss it into into a juice, muddle it, and just wait. I really feel with this podcast, we're like two steps away from just saying, just go get yourself some poison ivy and just fucking swallow (laughs) that. You know what? You know what this movie? Grab some cyanide, ingest it, kill yourself. No, it's, no don't do that. No. Don't do that. Don't okay, do that. so 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 finally. Okay, we have to go out and buy something. All right, we have to. So let's go down to the to the liquor store. Grab the cheapest thirty rack of beer that we can find. Some good old fashioned natty lights. Mm. Now. You now you you know your family's got like a beer stein here somewhere. So I want you to grab the biggest beer stein beer mug. I don't know. Grab a vessel that's disturbingly large. Dust boot. I want you. I want you. Yeah, dust boot. Dust boot works too. You pour in all of these accoutrements. Uh, pour in like if you're making a single glass, as we had been doing up till this point. Pour in like about an ounce of the berry juice that you've made and then fill up the rest of it with Natty Light. But if we're making a whole thing, just pour in, pour in enough Natty Light to where everything becomes a watered down yet shocking flavor. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The taste of Natty Light. I like it with a, a hint of pine cones. <laughs> <laughs> it 
woods. It's it takes place in the woods. Hey, you want to know? You want to make it very very apt to the movie? Put yourself in front of a green screen. Pretend to run as something intimidating is chasing you on the green screen, and just drink your cocktail. There you go. Now now you're now you're really in Paul Bunyan. Okay, so the pine cone thing. I love that. Moonshine, I don't know. Whenever I think moonshine, I think south. Like I just think like, you know, the southern United States. That is true. And this that is, is fair. I think this is that more is this is more like like a Minnesota thing. But funnily enough, you and I did have similar things with going outside for our drinks. So <laughs> it's it's just this there this this movie just makes you go go outdoors. Just go outdoors. So so with, so with mine. Okay. We got a forest Paul Bunyan, an American folktale, but like intercut with like a typical poorly made high school teenager slasher movie in Minnesota or somewhere in like the northern Midwest. Now, I know I did a beer cocktail for Superbad, but I'm going to do one again here because I think it fits. So while researching, I come across the bourbon and honey beer cocktail. And I'm like, okay, that sounds pretty good. How can I fuck this up? So the honey. Let's start with the honey. Minnesota is actually one of the highest producing honey regions in the nation. But the problem is, you know, I'm not really getting a Minnesota vibe from our location. The forest kind of feels like anywhere USA. So go out to the closest tree that you can find and just get some tree sap off of it. Just literally go out your front doors, see what you can find. If it's dirty, awesome, even the better. Get like a good portion of just tree sap. Now, what else do we need? You also need two ounces of bourbon. Which bourbon? Now, with how cheap this movie looks, with the effect and all, with the like the effects and all and how surface level our high school characters are, I'm going to say a Kentucky Tavern from Bourbon 1792. Why? Because when I looked it up, it said you could get a bottle of this bourbon for like $8. So, huh. perfect. There you go. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so now we got to get so now we got to get a beer. This will be like like our Paul Bunyan. Normally I think they call for like either a lager or a pilsner. Now, in the beginning, Paul Bunyan kind of looks like a guy just wearing a costume, but later in the film he's like a giant who's badly like CGI'd into footage. It's not good both ways. And they try to give him a backstory, but it just doesn't hit. Now, you know what I'm thinking? Bush. Go grab yourself a six-pack of Bush Tallboys for like $5 and just use one of those in your drinks. We also have to put half an ounce of lemon juice. You know what? We'll keep that because Sam, our like lead blonde girl, she was there. She was fine. Two dashes of bitters. Now, let's take this to represent our sheriff in this movie because it's a horror movie and you know we got to have a sheriff. Let's swap out the bitters for just... A shot of cayenne pepper and water for just how hardcore this sheriff really wants to be. Oh, my God. And for the what the fuck casting of Joe Estevez, a.k.a. the uncle of Charlie Sheen and brother of Martin Sheen, what can we add for him? Take a dry scoop of C4 pre-workout. Just fucking dry scoop it. But you see, you have to take it after you've chugged the drink, because even after the movie is done, you are left standing there asking, what the fuck were you doing here? And it's just that lingering taste in your mouth. And that's, and that's what I think best embodies this movie. 
It feels like a it feels like a rednecks version of like wake up juice. That's what I'm hearing. It's just like it's just like like it's just like some tree sap bush light, a lot a lemon, and then just some cayenne pepper water and some C4 pre-workout. Just it's just like I can just hear some some hillbilly frat boy out in like rural Mississippi. Or, like, deep in Appalachia, just, like, chugging it, slapping themselves and being like, all right, God, time to go light. to the freight yard. <laughs> like, one thing I love about the Bushlight choice is just, in general, the whole redneck vibe that Bush gives off. And that just, that really matches this entire movie. Just the whole, <laughs> the whole redneck, like adjacent just ness i can just i i feel like i could just see just some hillbilly frat boy in like appalachia or like mississippi just 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 crush just crushing a few of those and like doing doing whatever was else was in your cocktail the water and cayenne pepper in particular but i dig it i dig it hell yeah man well you know let's just let's go to the woods and let's talk about axe giant the Wrath of Paul Bunyan. So our first shots, we come down on a snow-covered cabin with mountain people in the snow with axes and shit. And right off the bat, everything looks so amateurish. It's like poorly done digital. There's like a woman making like giant barbecue off of this like giant cow or something. And one jump lumberjack is like, you know, should we slow down cutting down the trees? But then the boss lumberjack comes up and is like, trees are trees. More people are building houses. The future of this country is home ownership. Just don't look at 2008. We're cutting 20 more acres tomorrow. <laughs> I just I just love the idea of this lumberjack being like, being like, you know what I see in the future, Bobby? I see ninja loans. I see the SEC stepping in to bail out a couple of these banks. I I foresee Lehman Brothers closing down, and he's just he's like he's like the Oracle, but financially, and like hundreds of years in the future. So one lumberjack like rings, you know, the the dinner triangle on a bat on just the on just awful green. It's like he's fucking ringing the triangle and you can like see the outlines of a green screen with the motion blur of his hand moving. Why? Why did they green screen him hitting a triangle? I don't get that. It's just, it's just a metal rod and you hang a metal triangle and then you just do the thing. Like, why did they choose to, why did they green screen it? I don't, I, I don't know, but it, that happens a lot. So if you hear, hear us mention it a lot throughout this podcast, just know it is bad. It is. It's really bad. So Boss Lumberjack, you know, he goes off, but then he comes back for the dinner bell to find that all of his people have been massacred. And like zombie Paul Bunyan comes around the corner and is just like, Rrr. So what does Boss Lumberjack do? He runs to go hide in a shed, and then see in the YouTube version. Here's here's how it's cut. He walks into this, sees this giant saw that's been turned on, and Paul Bunyan goes to like wrestle him towards the saw, and then the scene just fucking ends. But in the Tubi <laughs> version, it, we see his CGI arm get cut off, and then his head split open, and then boom, title card, axe giant. 
Yeah, that's that's the one I saw. I still love that the YouTube version just cuts a bunch of stuff out. Like it was just like it's just like, oh no, it's too gory for a Christian eye, so it just makes it funnier by just ending the scene abruptly. <laughs> Meanwhile, fucking uh, I dismember mama just like shows just boobs on YouTube. That is true. That is true. I just remember mama, dare I say, they didn't care about their YouTube censorship policies. No, you know, you know, in the seventies or eighties, I can't fucking remember when that movie was made. Who gave who gave a shit? Fuck you two. They are just they they just kind of went, hey, you know what? Who cares? Who cares? Okay. So next next scene, we get a lush green mountain drone shots, and then we go to more, then we pan down to a sheriff because we got to have one of those in front of the state of Minnesota Department of Corrections. So then our blonde of the movie, Sam, approaches the sheriff and the sheriff is all very stern and serious. And then we see a gaggle of young people's stereotypes and the sheriff just starts listing off everyone's character traits. We have Martin <laughs> Williams. He's our, how can I put this, black guy. Of the movie. He, oh, yeah. And he is in for felony robbery. We'll get into we him in a second. I, have, I was about to say, I was about to say, you better fucking not get into details about Marty. You better fucking not spoil the beauty that is Marty's character. So so his character is, he, he is in for felony nope. robbery. And then Trish Gage, our slutty girl, three counts of assault on a police officer. Then Zach Moore. He's our jock bad boy, drug trafficking. I want to hold on him for a second, Mike. Because okay. do, do you know who this actor is? He's a, he looks he looks he looks like his bad boy is it was it was like a bad boy in like the 50s. Like he looks like a greaser. Like he's just about to sit there and start snapping, going like go grease lightning. But who is this actor? Who is this actor? So his name is Jesse Cove. Does, does that name sound familiar to you? Is he was he on was he in Avalanche Sharks? No, he was not in Avalanche Sharks. He is the son of one Martin Cove, aka John Kreese from the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai franchise. So this movie has a relation to motherfucking Karate Kid somehow. <laughs> What the hell? What is this movie? Is it just is it just every it's just all of the famous actors relatives that all came by. Like the entire the entirety of like hey, are you tangentially related to someone famous in the world of Hollywood? Well, step on down and join in like a Axe Giant, The Wrath of Paul Bunyan. Oh god, we could have gotten a, oh what what's the third Franco? We talked about him in our Zeroville episode. Uh Tom, Terry Oh Is yeah, Tom, Tommy Franco. Sure, he old T Frank. He's gonna be in this movie now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's just hey, you know what? Let's bring in Cooper Manning, the third Manning. Let's, you know, who cares? It's just it's a who's who of celebrity adjacent people. And then we also have Rosa, uh, our girl that doesn't care. She's here. And then a random car drives up, and it's a dad dropping off his daughter. Claire C.B. Tanner. She's in for drunk driving. And yeah, so she falls in line with the rest of them. The sheriff has his gun. It's, no, no. Before you keep going, the lineup. It, 
It looks, it looks like, it looks like the start to a haphazard Scooby-Doo porno. Like, it's just, you just have all these stand-ins of people in primary colors. And you're just like, you're like, damn, if there was, if there was a fucking dog here, this would just be a real bad look. So, the sheriff starts yelling at this group, and they're all here for the state's offender program. Think of like a, like a get-out-of-jail-free card. So all the people load up in the sheriff's van, and the sheriff yells some vaguely offensive things, and Sam is also going to be joining them on this venture. And in the van, the sheriff, uh, the sheriff has some bonding with Sam. You know, Sam's been stuck to her cubicle and spends a lot of time indoors and has a degree in social work and, you know, just starts listing off like, hey, this is my character. So Exactly. I love it. I love, I love this scene because she just turns and goes, hello, <clears throat> My character, and then she just goes through everything. And you're like, you're like, oh, okay. It's, I, you know, context clues would have also done this, but cool. No, you, all right. We know off the bat what you're about. Now, you want to know who I love in this scene? Is it is is it is it Marty? It, it, is it is it my fucking Marty? It's, it's Marty because in the <laughs> back they are talking. They're all talking like, oh, so what are you in for? And apparently, Marty and this is what they say in the movie stole eleven point five million dollars from the U.S. government. He's a hacker. And that's that's his fucking character. There's like, oh yeah, by the way, I, he stole twelve million dollars from the U.S. government. And we're like, I'm like, D- did I fucking hear that? I had to rewind that like three times just to be sure I heard that right. It's just so good. It's just they're just like they're like they're like, okay, what did you get in here for, uh, final girl? And she's like, I got a DUI. What about you, Rosa? I failed to show up to court. What about you, Marty? I am. I stole twelve million dollars from the United States federal government by a hacking. And you're like, oh my god! Oh, why is him and the drug trafficker here? Should they be in like a penitentiary? Like Jesus Christ! Like everybody else, I can kind of understand. But then, like, how the fuck? Marty got the fucking deal of a lifetime. Just being able to just like, oh. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna, you know, go, go fiddle dick about in the woods for like a a day or a weekend. And I'm gonna get away with stealing money from the US government that for all we know, he still has. That's my favorite thing is like, it's like, he didn't turn it. They they don't say anything about like, oh, I turned it over. He's like, all he says is I didn't get to spend it all in time. And I'm like, dog you have it like it's like i you know what fuck 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 paul bunyan fuck all this fuck everybody else i just want to hear how did marty get here i like he he you know he spent most of that money on the best motherfucking lawyers that side of the mississippi like jesus christ almighty like how do you how do you go from stealing twelve million dollars from the federal government to all right you're gonna have to jog in the woods for a couple of days like okay so so then Zach uh well, I wanted I, I wish I could just talk about Marty this entire time because his character is just <laughs> awesome just, why doesn't everyone just move away from Marty going oh shit okay all right he's the real fucking deal all right okay so then Zach turns his attention to Trish and then Claire you know it's all laughs with Zach Zach and Trish you know they're 
you know, you know they're going to fuck in this movie just by just by watching the way that they interact. So they drive deeper and deeper into the woods and then they the sheriff has to get out, you know, to move a gate out of the way. And then Joe Estevez just starts peeking out from behind a tree <laughs> and watches this van go in just mouth agape giving like the weirdest gestures of his body that I've ever seen. He just his character is literally just man who hangs out in woods. He's literally he just reminds me of that I don't know this may be this may this may be like a very specific reference. But do you remember the old uh, Chuck Testa thing where it's the old guy with yeah. the taxidermy animals? <laughs> nope, it's Chuck Testa. It's, yeah, it's it. Nope, Chuck Testa. No, it's that is what he reminds me of. But if that guy just did a lot of crack, like just he's just out in the woods being weird and just like peeking out of like trees. It's just nope, just Joe Estevez. <laughs> it's just, Yes, I was a stand-in for my brother in Apocalypse Now. And you're like, okay, all right, Joe. So, okay, so the gang arrive at this cabin, and he makes the teens all line up, and the sheriff's like, today you are all stumps, but when I'm done with you, you will be trees and productive members of society. And then Sam's like, yeah, we're going to have a fun time here. Meanwhile, her shot is just completely just out of focus. But then it's like they, they aren't staying in the cabin, they're staying in tents outside the cabin, and you know Sam will be sleeping in a tent, but the, the sheriff will be sleeping in the cabin. So then we go to somewhere in the woods. A deer grazes, a bear stalks it. You're like, okay, what's it going to be? And then a giant Paul Bunyan just grabs the bear. It screams, and then Paul Bunyan just fucking snaps its neck, like just like he's opening like a can of peanut butter. And then just the, the, and then the bear collapses, and then the deer just fucking walks away. It's so great. You see Paul Bunyan grab the bear like he's exactly like my cousin. Like he's trying to open a like a thing of Jif peanut butter, but peanut butter got in the little like lines, so he can't open it. So he's just like, oh, "Come on, bam!" And just like the bear's neck snaps and it just falls. I do think my favorite thing though is in the YouTube cut of this movie. Paul Bunyan leans down. He like you can kind of see an outline of him. And then the bear just fucking collapses. And you're like, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, uh, he's like King Midas, but whatever he touches just collapses. Like it just dies. He's got the narcoleptic touch. <laughs> he's, he's, oh my God, dude, that'd be a, that'd be a sick superpower. Just, you touch someone and they just fall asleep. <laughs> so, okay. So now it's night and the teens sit around this fire and Rosa's given some backstory about a drive-by she was involved in. She's got a daughter and everything. <laughs> and which, okay, cool character development. That's, uh, yeah, and then, that's damn. And then Claire is, Claire talk, or C, Claire or CB, whatever her name is, is talking about how she got a DUI. She was driving back from a party, a little buzzed, and then uh, hit a car. And apparently that driver would just fucking reeked of booze. And then Marty's like, well, you, you saved people. And Sam was like, well, wait, didn't you break the law? And Zach is like, you know, you should have sued that guy for a million dollars. And then Martin just pipes, is like, try $12 million, you pleb. <laughs> Dude, Marty's like, Marty's, Marty's in there just like, just like, y'all some bitches. I want to let y'all know that I could, I could ruin every one of y'all's lives if I had a computer in front of me. And that is a promise. <laughs> also, can we just talk about how, like, Zach 
just has the most miserable timing in the world in this scene because like Rose is sitting there just going like, oh yeah, it's like, uh, you know, I was drive by and like, oh, my kid and I'm worried about her. And Zach just goes, huh, serious milfage. And I'm like, time and a place, man. Time and a place. I was like, I was like, I was like, dog. I was like, she's talking about how she misses her child. And like, how she, there was like a drive by and shit. Like, like we can, we can, like that can be addressed later, perhaps. But what can't be addressed later is Joe Estevez coming out from the tree and just going eh, like he's trying to do his like his nephew like an impression of his nephew so the kids the, the kids think like this guy's supposed to be part of the program but the sheriff comes out and apparently he knows joe estevez and the sheriff is just like what the fuck are you doing here get out of here i got this place for six days and joe is like we all got things we want to hide and we all want to be wanted look out for them little critters that crawl up on you and then just fucking like runs back into the woods and is like, okay, <laughs> everybody just go to bed. He's like a, he's like a, sh- like he's like a shitty like Riddler. Like he just comes out just like a crazy cracked out man from the woods. He just starts saying, just babbling. And then he's like, ooh, ooh, critters. And he just scampers away. And he just kind of left going, what is, I mean, what the, what is is he doing here? Like, what's his purpose other than to to be weird? So then later that night, Trish and like goes into Zach's tent and is there sleeping. And, you know, they, they have sex. This swiftly gets interrupted by Sam. By the way, in this scene, like after it gets interrupted by Sam, like it goes from like, you know, Trish being on top of Zach to then Sam opening the tent. And then, then, then it's just fucking daytime. That's what it, that's what it was. Serious? That's what it was on YouTube. But in the uncut, it's what oh, you would expect. God. You know, they get interrupted by Sam. Trish has to go back to her tent. We see boobs. Zach is like, "Oh, bye." You know, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Sam. And then Martin rolls over. And meanwhile, he was sleeping right next to Zach. I mean, don't don't do your boys like that, dude. Like, <laughs> so inside. Why you gotta do Marty like that? He'll financially ruin dude, you. He he will hack into your shit. And make sure. You can't live anywhere ever again. I'm terrified of Marty. Dude, I was like, I was like, the movie, the movie did such a great job of making Marty the scariest person in this entire group. Unwittingly, the movie did not think that Marty would be that, would come off that hardcore. They were like, ooh, yeah, he's a big time bad hacker boy. But like what the movie did, the move, the number the movie picked just made everyone go, okay, Marty's really fucking dangerous like Marty's really fucking dangerous oh yeah you came into this movie to be scared by Paul Bunyan but now you're scared of identity theft (laughs) Marty's gonna ruin you financially so okay so now inside the cabin Sam goes to talk to the sheriff by the way it's morning now um goes Sam goes in to talk to the sheriff and he's got, you know, got books all around his cabin that he's going to use as fire. But Sam is like, can you just leave your gun at the cabin? Which, that's not a good idea if you're deep in the woods. And the sheriff is just like, oh yeah, sure, I can leave it. So he just fucking leaves his gun. And they go off into the woods. Meanwhile, the sheriff is doing like his best, like, R. Lee Ermy impression. And it's like, not fucking, oh you God. know, we, we could have gotten him as the sheriff in this movie. But, we we but, could have, we could have, but uh, nope, not, no, not the case. So the sheriff keeps screaming and they start marching, then running. You know, he said it was a hike, but it turns into cross country practice. So we get a montage of the gang just running through the woods. And then we cut back to Joe Estevez going to his cabin and playing chess by himself. 
that's set up outside and then makes old man yelling at clouds noises for literally no reason. Then we go back with the- it's it's they the movie spends a lot of effort making sure that you, the audience member, is abundantly aware that this is a crazy ass old man. Like, goddamn. You literally just had to tell us who he was, and we we're like, okay, got it, understood. I. I, I see. I see. Yeah, you just he, he just needed to babble. Movie. He just needed to babble once. We would have we would have totally been on the same page if you just had him babble one time. Would have been like, oh, he's crazy. Okay, cool. So back with the gang, they stop to eat somewhere, and uh, the salmon salmon sheriff sit down, you know, and do more bonding while everyone else eats what I assume are stale peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And Zach is like, you know what? I can't do this for a week. I'm leaving. And Trish is like, I'm with you. And CB's like, well, where are you going to go? Like, could you find your way back? And Rose is like, listen, this shit beats jail dime, which, you know, true. And then Marty is there. I don't know. He probably says some shit about stealing money. So then Zach walks off and then Martin follows him. We go to some field and Zach is like observing his surroundings. And Martin tries to talk some sense into him. But then Zach is like, you know, tossing a rock, trying to, you know, figure out what he's going to do when he hits like these Flintstones level, like of oversized comedy bones so they find us they end up finding the skeleton of this bull and zach breaks off one of the horns and is like i'm gonna take this with me and then just fucking goes back to the rest of the group but we see as they're leaving a cross is in the ground we'll come back to uh, that yeah. <laughs> so back with the girls zach and martin arrive the girls are like except for trish are like yo why did you take that and the sheriff comes up is like, why? Clean up. We're moving out. So the rest of the gang start running while Zach tries to like fit this comically large horn in a tiny backpack that's sticking out a little bit as he's running. But now we just kind of get away from this and go to Mel's Lumberjack Saloon, where another sheriff enters. And by the way, this this sheriff is uh, CB's dad, which, you know, we saw him at the beginning of this movie. Didn't know he was a sheriff until this scene. Yeah, exactly. I had forgotten about him. The- yeah exactly you is the like like me watching this movie i kind of just completely forgot he even fucking existed until it was like goes like oh my daughter's up there or something like that and you're like oh shit yo yeah it's you oh okay you're a cop all right sure whatever it just doesn't make any fucking sense so the bar so they so um cb's dad walks in the bartender's like oh what'll it be sheriff by the way, this bar tent, this bar has a police radio, which will be important later. So the bartender's For some fucking the reason. bartender's daughter is there, and the dad asks her about the offender program that she's familiar with. It's really an inconsequential scene here, really. So the daughter does mention that a kid got heat stroke and you know died up there, but nobody knew about it. But the dad's like, okay, you know, well. We'll see what happens. So the sheriff dad just kind of fucking leaves the bar after this pointless conversation. Then mm-hmm. back with the gang, they're still running with the sheriff bringing up the rear. When we go back to the field where the guys found the ox skeleton, and then we get large, booming footsteps. Sh- Ooh, shaky POV. Who? Cheap CGI. It's the 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 a distor- distorted vision of this monster 
as in distorted POV from the monster's perspective that just makes you, the audience member, go, <laughs> just as it's like, as it's going in and out and in and out of focus and twisting. It's not quite like that one shot in the number 23, you know, the one when Jim Carrey's running down the road and the camera's just fucking violently shaking. Oh my god. I was like, I was, no, no, they actually got someone who can like, they just did camera effects instead of just got just a spastic person to just hold the fucking camera and just go nuts. It's so weird, like, with the camera with this movie, you know what, now that you mention it, because randomly, like, at times, especially, like, in the flashback, you remember that one scene in Elf when the when they, when they uh, Will Ferrell finds out that he's not a real elf and, like, everything just kind of oh, gets, like, yeah. all distorted and shit and it's, like, move, like the camera's, warpy, like, warpy yeah. and moving in circles? Yeah, this movie fucking does that, but not in, like, an ironic way. In a way, I'm like... Yeah, it doesn't do it in a very... Yeah, it doesn't do it in a silly way. It does it in a way that makes you go like, oh, someone get me a brown bag. So back with um, giant Paul Bunyan, he picks up the ox skeleton and then just yells to the heaven. Ah. But then we go. <laughs> just, he does the I heard, I, Skeletor has had has put more weight behind his yells to the heavens and he's, than this guy. And Paul Bunyan picks up the ox skull and screams, you'll pay for this, He-Man. <laughs> He goes. I just like the idea of he just grabs the grabs the bull the bull skeleton and just goes. <laughs> just at the, just at the ox, he's just holding it like six inches away from his face, just going. <laughs> he goes. I'll get you. So okay, so the gang hears this. They think it's a mountain lion. Joe Estevez hears this, and he gets all old man with a gun. Get off my lawn! But then, um. Uh, Back with the gang, Martin takes the ox horn from Zach, and, you know, they're all cutting up, and the gang stops somewhere in the woods. Apparently, they're, like, three miles away from the cabin. And Trish is like, oh, I got cell service. So she pulls out her phone when we hear footsteps, giant footsteps. But Trish, you know, the, those damn kids, they're always glued to their phone. And everyone else sees motherfucking Paul Bunyan, who's, like, 15 feet tall, come up from behind with his giant axe and just drives it down. And she just fucking gets chopped clean in half. And it's just so, it's a bad CGI axe. It is. Like, what do you expect? It's tough. It is tough. Because you just, you you just watch it happen. And it's just, oh my god. Just the after effects. It literally looks like they paused at once, at one frame in the movie. And then just. Just literally just split her in half. <laughs> and, and like some fakey looking. But like the lighting in this scene, like it doesn't really bounce the way that light would. It just fucking looks so oh, no. fake. <laughs> oh yeah, it looks terrible. It looks fucking awful. And by the way, that wasn't in the fucking YouTube cut. Because it just kind of fucking like the axe gets driven down. We see nothing. And then like the scene just kind of fucking continues. <laughs> so now everyone starts running. Trish's body disappears. And they all run in different directions. And Paul Bunyan is just fucking swinging his axe, hits a tree, and like a branch falls off of that. And Rosa gets hit by it. That looks just so fucking fake. And everyone else still runs away. <laughs> but Zach and Martin, they go to like hide away. They go to like help Rosa. And then they run off in their own fucking directions. While, sh- while uh, the sheriff, mm-hmm. Sam and CB, get cornered by Paul Bunyan. And the sheriff just gets fucking like cut clean in half. Like, it this looks so fucking bad. <laughs> it's it's like it's like it's like if you just sat there and just 
cut a potato in half and it rolled to either side. That's essentially the, what this movie did with the special effects. They just sort of grabbed his character, just sort of manually cut it and kind of just went, okay, and they separated it. And they went, all right, Sheriff, now flail your hands and yell as if you're in pain. And he goes, ah! and it's like, and they're like, okay, that's good. That is what happened. And it is, it's so majestically bad. You're like, oh, God. Yeah, just, but what what, get, what got me was like, so, you know, we see the lighting and how it affects, you know, the grounding of the tree, how the tree is affecting the lighting on the ground. But then when, like, the sheriff sits up, all of a sudden, it's like they got, like, a fucking, like, spotlight on his face because it just looks so bright. I was like, ah, oh, shit. And he's just like, you know, go do your worst, you mother. <laughs> and then motherfucker gets curb stomped by Paul Bunyan, and it looks yeah so bad it's 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 rough it's rough literally you watch paul bunyan pick up his foot and he goes down he goes ah! it's just like a pancake you're like oh it's just tough it's i couldn't help but watch the scene and just be rolling my eyes the entire time going oh brother so now every everyone kind of reconvenes and they start running towards the cabin cabin and then all of a sudden they're fucking back like they ran those th- that three those three miles like at world record pace and are just back. <laughs> eat shit lu Kipchoge. these motherfuckers are hoofing it like they did they ran it was like three plus miles that these people ran and they and they God still got it damn, in the they must have ran it they must have ran it in like six minutes because they're just they're going they are going so they all enter the cabin and are all like yo what the fuck was that what's going on Zach's like well where's the sheriff and CB's like he's dead and Sam's like okay listen let's calm down we can get through this and they come, they try to figure out an idea it's like okay well what, what about the van but the sheriff has the keys and then Martin's like well I can hotwire the van and CB starts looking for weapons Sam grabs the sheriff's gun so Sam like Sam and Martin they run out and Sam just has the gun and is just holding it so awkwardly I can't explain how it just looks wrong Martin's got a fucking pitchfork so they run out. Martin starts messing with the wires when a twig startles Sam. And, you know, the tension rises. Martin's taking forever. It's not working. You know, Sam says, oh, fuck this. We got to go back in and stops Martin from hot wiring the car. And then they run back inside. So Zach asks, like, you know, what happened? But then outside, we see Paul Bunny and just fucking strongman dragging this van that looks so fucking fake. <laughs> I was like, damn it, Marvin. It's. It, it's it's terrible it's really bad it's just it's just he's like he's like no i managed to steal 12 million dollars from the government but it but i'm not prepared for the outdoors so zach starts freaking out and then we have an inconsequential scene with paul bunyan in a cave screaming again walking carving his like sharpening his axe and shit but then back at the cabin we see zach is bleeding and CB is wrapping his hand. And this is interrupted by Joe Estevez knocking at the door. And for some reason, they, they let this coked out man in. And Joe is like, I, I just love I just love the idea that they're running from Paul Bunyan. And this crack is just like, now's my chance. Let me in. Let me in. And they're just like, they're like, well, fine. You wore us down, old timer. Why don't you hop in here and just give us the skinny? Like, it's like, they would have not been like, fuck off. No. <laughs> so Joe comes in and is like, what did y'all do? Y'all been messing with something y'all shouldn't be. And then it's all the old man yelling that you want. 
And, you know, so far he's the best actor in this movie. So my hat's off to you, Joe Estevez. Uh, as it's, hey, the bar is in the crater. It is in a crater. Like, <laughs> the next best actor is, I don't know, Zach, I guess? I don't know. Like, sure. I really don't know. Maybe CB. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know. All I know is Joe Estevez is, he's, he's working for those, for this, for that $6 in a Big Mac. <laughs> so CB shows Joe Estevez the horn, the horn, and he's like, oh, y'all fucked up. This is bad. So now it's night. And then Sam makes the fire, and Joe Estevez sits by it while giving exposition about Paul Bunyan making the mountains and shit. So here's, so here's, here's the skinny on it. Something about a guy named Larch Bunyan. He married this woman. She's new in town. She gives birth to this big giant baby. And the doctor says this child has a disease. and But he'll live three times as long and will always have the mind of a child. And, you know, this this kid grew. Young Bunyan was knocking trees down easily. The other lumberjacks were not too happy with this. So they find Babe, the blue ox, which we see it in this flashback. And it does it does oh, not God. look good. Yeah. It looks like the fucking it's, cow from a uh, Kung Pao enter the fist. It's it is it, it's it's appalling. It's appalling seeing how bad Babe is is just animated. And all of the and all of the hunters and all of that just just watching just this. This is the worst offense of all of the CGI in all of it. This is easily by far and away. Watching Babe the Blue Ox in any capacity just brings nothing but just pain at all points. You can look when it's when when it's uh, it's when it starts charging or walking around and you get a ver- like a front facing view of Babe if you look, its eyes are separated. Like it's some of it. What its eyes on its left hand side are up here, and its lower eyes are down near its like near down like near its like neck. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest shit, <clears throat> and it's just awfully, awfully animated. So yeah, they kill the ox, and Young Bunyan finds that found out and about the lumberjacks eating the ox. That's what they were doing at the beginning. And Paul Bunyan yells in anger and then starts killing everybody, including chopping someone's head off and it landing on a plate and throwing an axe like a motherfucking tomahawk. And of course, we got to have a Wilhelm scream in there. But now, of course, it's it's your your B movie is never complete without a Wilhelm scream. Dude, of course. So, but now we cut. <laughs> now we cut to like an old timey bar, and Paul Bunyan is getting dragged through on chains and cheaply dressed like. Sit like townsfolk are turning up their noses and booing, and the screen screen is disgusting. And- <laughs> it's so bad. It's literally like it's literally like a Disney ride. You're like they're like, oh my god, they're taking Paul Bunyan through town. Everyone wag your finger. It's just like everyone's like, <laughs> it is so terrible, so bad. So now even Maybell, who is sweet to Bunyan, turned away. Maybell will, will be important later. So now in the green screen forest, the towners toss Bunyan into a mine shaft, blow it up. Paul Bunyan ends up escaping and went to the top of the mountain where he made a shrine for his ox, where he grew bigger and bigger until these kids desecrated Paul Bunyan's ox's grave. And the only way it stops is if they put the ox's horns back. And Joe is like, well, listen, that's the only shot that y'all got. So Zach hears this and is like, okay, bet. So he grabs the horn, just fucking books it out of the cabin. And then and he only gets like maybe like 20 feet away 
and is like, here, take it back. It's yours. Leave the, leave them alone. And just fucking throws the horn just like in the general vicinity of the woods. I, I love that. I do love I love Zach's thought process because it definitely plays into his character well, which is the only compliment I'll ever give this movie. But it's so great because he just hears Paul Bunyan, desecration, and then Oxgrave. And he's like, oh, cool, perfect. And he just grabs the horn and runs as if Paul Bunyan's going to sit there and just be like, thanks, bud. I'm I'm glad you're respecting it now. It really, I really appreciate that. He's got the brain of a kid. He's he's already full send. Like, he, he, I just might as well just use the horn. That's what I say. But like, he just yeah. Also, he doesn't like try and get Paul Bunyan's attention and run away with the horn, going like, ah. he just he literally just grabs it and throws it like a football just into the woods. Just kind of just goes eh, <laughs> and just waits. So, okay, so yeah, Zach throws it in, and now we wait, and Zach starts running back when the horn gets thrown and fucking just hits, just, it just penetrates his body, and like, yeah, he's got like a fucking horn through his chest, and Paul Bunyan walks up and just drags Zach off while Sam tries to just pop a cap in his ass as he's dragging him away. I, I, I love, Sam runs out and does the fucking break yourself fool, like, pistol stance, or it's the pistols, like, on the side, and she's like, bah, 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 and she's just like, I'm like, hell yeah, Sam. I was like, I could, I could just hear Sam just, just yelling Long Beach as she's just, like, laying down some shots. <laughs> So now everyone's back at the cabin and Joe is like, okay, listen, you got his horn back. Let's get out of here, you know, at first light. And then just fucking goes and plops in the sheriff's old bed, eating a sandwich and just fucking passes out. So we go to later and Rosa's like, tell my daughter I love her. I promise I'd pick her up. And I guess she, you know, got cut and is not going to make it or something. But then Sam is messing with the gun when <laughs> CB shows her how it works. And CB's like, yeah, you know, benefits of your dad being a sheriff. Are we going to make it out of here? And Sam's like, oh, yeah, we'll make it out of here. So then now it's morning and CB's dad is out driving. He gets called out to Cutter's Peak for a, Cutter's Peak for a bear sighting, which is close to where his daughter is, I think. But then back at the cabin, Joe stands at the front porch talking to CB. He's like, you know something? There's a reason Bunyan saved you. You're a spitting image of the lady who broke Bunyan's heart that was mentioned in the flashback that... I kind of had to watch this movie twice just to just to pick up on it. So sorry I didn't catch it the first time. Also, also I just got to say I love that's got to suck hearing just when the cracked out guy in the woods is just like, "You know why Bob Bunyan isn't killing you? Cuz you look like the person who fucked his heart forever." And you're like, "Oh shit. Okay. Woo. All right. It's ooh, guess who's guess who's super duper screwed. All right." <laughs> Ow. <laughs> so then Sam comes out and is like, it's time. And Joe's like, I'll get the truck and starts walking away. And the gang offered to go with him, but Joe's like, no, no, no. It's safer if I go alone. And then Joe just left the picture of Maybell, who is actually his great aunt, with CB. But we cut to CB's dad, and he comes across some dead bodies and a lot and like a giant footprint. And he hears some noises. He draws his rifle. He wanders through the woods some more, but then finds an emergency lookout station. He calls for backup there. But at the bar with the police radio, no one hears him because they you know, they have a police radio for some reason. They, that's never fucking explained. It's, I, I, love, it's, I love that the bar is what picks it up. That it isn't an emergency station. 
it's not like some some cop is like, oh no, no, oh we gotta we gotta help him. It's the bar <laughs> that picks up the radio station. I'm like, damn, this bar is really tuned in on the goings on in this small quiet town. Listen, man, you live in a small town, you just you pick up on things. <laughs> you become one with I was like, hey, it's like Exactly, you are the town. So there so back at the cabin, they're waiting on Joe Estevez, but then boom, 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 heavy footsteps. It's interrupted when Paul Bunyan's axe just fucking comes careening through the ceiling. He's out for blood now. So he just fucking starts destroying the outside of the cabin while the cameraman is there violently shaking the camera and PAs just drop debris on the actors who are like lying on the ground acting like everything's falling around them. It's, it's the, you see, you see just a bunch of interns who are just like, this is the best. Yes. Go to hell. This is what you get for getting first line in catering. And they're all just throw it just like two by fours at the actors and actresses. So Martin's is, is like, he's sitting there. He's like, no, I'm not going to die. And then gets the pitchfork and fucking stabs it at Paul Bunyan makes contact but then gets fucking swatted away like he's a little fly and then we get the best effect of the whole fucking movie oh yeah when paul bunyan grabs rosa and the 3d model that they used looks it is so bad it looks like a two like i don't even know if it's 3d it looks like a 2d cutout that they just kind of added some pins to and just kind of made it do like this basic side-to-side animation that you learned in like your middle school computer class okay it looks you know what it looks like it looks like fucking reptilicus (laughs) it looks like the cgi and reptilicus where it's literally the fucking like paper cutouts oh my god for cgi And it's like, yeah, because it's literally in Reptilicus, for those that don't fucking remember, it's literally, it's just paper cutouts of these people getting eaten by Reptilicus. But in here, it's just a paper cutout of of Rosa just flailing her arms around as she's being just pulled up by Paul Bunyan. And then like, Rosa's like fucking screaming and the camera's getting all distorted when Bunyan just fucking takes Rosa I think, and yeets her behind her, and he just gets, like, thrown into a fucking tree that, like, 3D ragdolls down, down, like, hits every fucking branch on the way down, while Sam's just popping a cap in Paul Bunyan's eye, like, this movie is so ridiculous. It's, yeah, exactly, it's just, you see a 3D animation of what, if you were shit-faced drunk, you would, you would assume Mm. to be Rosa. Mm. It is just flopping down a tree as you just see the the Sam, the peace, love, and understanding counselor, a fucking fucking gangster shooting, Paul Bunyan, just as she's yelling. It's just it's at this point where I looked at myself and I quietly picked up the remote and just clicked and went. Oh, okay. That's how much left we have left. Oh, good. It's like twenty minutes. I mean, it's a pretty basic movie, but like. It really fucking hits like with the it really gets you with the effects. Like that that's where yeah, the ridiculousness it just goes comes nuts. From. The effect and see, like, yeah, if it if the effects were better, it would just be a cut and dry movie, but like the effects are so fucking bad. So Martin runs over to Rosa, and you know, apparently they had like a thing going. 
but this angers Martin and he grabs a and he just <laughs> grabs the nearest stick and is like, I'ma kill you, you monster. But then Sam and C B like grab Martin and try to roll like they they grab him the same way you would grab like your boy who's like trying to get into a fight with like the biggest guy in the bar who's like just fucking like, I'm gonna get you, you mother and and the biker's just like fucking try me and you're like okay come on yeah <laughs> come on johnny we gotta be, we, we gotta you're get like, going yeah you're like you're like you're like you're like yep yep you are super strong yep you're super cool yep you would have kicked his ass you mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep now let's let's make sure we stay out of his way for the rest of the night huh how's that sound <laughs> so sam and cb like i said grab martin and try to run he just fucking joins them immediately they get cornered by paul bunyan when cb's dad comes out of nowhere says a one-liner and then, like, fucking starts shooting at Paul Bunyan, and he just falls into the cabin, just completely wrecking it. So Martin's like, oh, yes, yeah. killed that motherfucker. And the dad's like, listen, you got to keep moving. And they run off into the woods when they get stopped with, by Joe Estevez with a gun. And Joe's like, I, I can't I can't let you go. He's, he's just a boy. And Martin runs up, grabs the gun, and, like, gets shot by Joe Estevez in the gut. Like, okay, yeah, Martin... He he tried. He tried, but you know, that twelve million dollars ain't gonna do shit to protect him. <laughs> it's exactly it's it could have been good padding. It could have been great padding for when he got like shot, but it ain't, it ain't gonna help you when you get <laughs> shot uh, if you invested in crypto. It's exactly he's you just hear he just as he doubles over, he's just like, Oh no, I invested in FTX. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, oh no, Martin, that was a terrible investment and a risky Damn one. Damn you, Sam Bankman Freed. <laughs> it's just, it's just, don't worry. If there's anything I know, it's Silicon Valley Bank will protect my assets. So yeah, so they just kind of like get past this and dad, you know, tries to point his rifle at Joe. He's like, no, no, not today. But then we cut to the ax getting dragged. Paul Bunyan's awake. And he just fucking discus throws his axe at Joe Estevez and just fucking decapitates him. Like, hell yeah, good aim, Paul Bunyan. It's, I was about to say, gotta say, Paul Bunyan is a, a, a goddamn whiz with the axe. Like, he just throws it like a, like a sidearm for a baseball throw. Like, he just flicks it and it just decapitates him. And... Granted, it's a big blade, but I would argue that throwing a throwing a double sided axe, like like a discus or a frisbee, pick your flat object, pretty difficult. So the fact that he's able to get decapitate someone who's like five foot, like let's say, let's be nice, five foot ten, like. It's that's impressive. Like that is some precision on Paul Bunyan's end. You know, he's been in the woods. He's probably been training with I don't fucking know, the uh, uh, I Frankenstein that dude, and just like oh the- exactly <laughs> oh my god, it's remember it's, that it's movie? Aaron Eckhart. Remember that movie exactly. It's it's Aaron Eckhart, Paul Bunyan, and uh, what was the name? What was the name of the bear bit that we did? Char- Charles. Charles the bear. Oh God, I forgot about Charles the bear. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, like I, I, pro- I forgot about I Frankenstein to tell you the truth, dude. Exactly. It's, 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 it's 
There are there are movies in this podcast that I have voluntarily etched from my memory, and then there are some that just for some reason the bits stick around. And Charles is one of them. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's Paul Bunny is just working his forearms because you gotta be you gotta be fucking like have some fucking like cannons in your forearms to be able just to fucking sign on that fucking axe. He's like. <laughs> Like, Paul Bunyan, he could totally be a bodybuilder if he wanted to. If he's sidearm throwing a double, double-sided double axe, like, Jesus. Nah, man, I, I'm not looking at C-Bum. You go look at Paul Bunyan, dude, then you'll, then you'll tell me about some killer genetics. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so the gang start running and end up at the sheriff's truck. And Dad gives, you know, CB the keys to the truck while he stands on the back with his gun, ready to shoot. So Paul Bunyan starts running after this truck. The dad's just fucking shooting at him. You know, makes contact. Paul Bunyan goes all unga bunga and is like blocking bullets with his giant axe. When Paul Bunyan, like he hits the car, knocks the dad off the edge, but he's still hanging on. And he, but he lost the gun. When he gathers himself in the back of the truck, he looks up. Paul Bunyan's gone. But now suddenly he's in front of the truck, swings his ass, <laughs> and dad luckily ducks. Meanwhile, CB fucking wrecks the truck into a tree, and we get more shitty VFX and of the car getting fucking wrecked. I I just want to say this right now. When Paul Bunyan swings the axe, you're like, oh, okay, oh, he narrowly missed, but oh, he took off the lights, and you're like, sounds good. Lord, Lord have mercy. CB hits a tree going what I'm going to safely assume is like 40 or 50 miles an hour. <laughs> the fact that the dad just rolls off and is like, oof, ow, ouchie. Let's get up and keep going, gang. And is just like on the ground going, oh my God, my spine, I can't feel my legs. Is just... Just, 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 just a work of magic. Just a work of magic that his that his knees are bending in the correct direction. That he that his his legs work just at all. <laughs> just this guy's rubber has rubber bones. Yeah, and you know, forty to fifty miles an hour when you get flung from a car is fast. And like he just gets yes. up and just kind of brushes it off. It's like. All right, guys, let's go to that. Uh, let's go to that rescue station now. Like, yeah, you're like, you're like, what are you, John Wick? How did you get up from that? So yeah, so the dad gets thrown off. Sam, CB, and Dad like they're not now up and running down a path and end up at the road. And they spot a bridge that's leading into like this lake. But Paul Bunyan is close in pursuit, and he jumps down, and it looks so terrible. So the oh. <laughs> It's it's literally they click and dragged him down. You know, I'm pretty sure the asset where Paul Bunyan lands and like some dust kind of goes poof. I'm pretty sure I've used that asset before. Are you? I, I, saw, I was like, that looks so familiar. I, have I used that before? Like it was like the same poof, like like a uh, uh, MOV file that just fucking went. Like it looks it looked similar. That's fantastic. That is so great. You know that you know the file that makes it go poof. And, go on Getty Images and, and just look up like dirt a... debris hit or something. Yeah, exactly. That's great. So the remaining humans they run towards this bridge where there's a door. Now Paul Bunyan's on the bridge and the door is locked. And you know, dad starts popping a cap in the door, but for some reason the lock just won't fucking break. 
<laughs> and Paul Bunyan just Above like that. inches closer and closer. But then all of a sudden, cars and trucks are driving up and a bunch of like, I don't fucking know, January Sixers come up with their guns and rifles drawn. And it looks like it's going to be the end. But Paul Bunyan, cor- they're like, they turn to Paul Bunyan and they go, have you ever heard of the three percenters, son? And then they just all just like rack their weapons. So, yeah. Paul Bunyan turns around, uh, Dad, Sam, and CB Duck, and these guys just fucking start unloading on Paul Bunyan. And, you know, long story short, he gets all shot up and is about to die when he sees CB and, you know, sticks his hand out. And, you know, he's we can kind of hear him say a woman's name, but then dies tragically by fucking falling off this bridge. And, like, I guess I'm supposed to feel this some... I really feel like this movie's trying to make me feel something. Uh-huh. But the falling effects are just so cheap to where I'm just like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it makes you laugh. You're supposed to. You're supposed to be like, whoa, oh my god. But I just saw that and I just went. I was like, ha, okay, sure. I was like, I was like, bye. <laughs> just wave as the character just very awkwardly just sort of like shuffles back and forth as they fall into the sea. So, so Paul Bunyan falls into this lake underwater. The crowd's whooping and cheering. And Dad goes to talk to Mel from the bar. You know, Dad picked up the call from the police radio in the bar. The militia, you know, argues about who killed Paul Bunyan. And they take the axe. But CB and Sam, they kind of feel bad for old Paul Bunyan. And um, I don't know. He'll Paul Bunyan will probably be resurrected the same time that Reptilicus would have been resurrected. And, you know, Reptilicus yeah. versus Hell Paul yeah. Bunyan as a sequel. D- don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Reptilicus v. Paul Bunyan? It's a banger. That's waiting to happen. Dude, I mean, that's. A, I mean, I, I'd fucking pay to see that movie. I'd make that movie. <laughs> I would, too. I'd, I, I would, too. I would, too. Hollywood, if y'all have millions of dollars to throw in our direction, we will do it. We'll we'll work we'll work on it. Yeah, we, you know that dude. That's been that's been Axe Giant, the Wrath of Paul Bunyan. Mike, what what do you after going through this movie? Uh, what are your thoughts? <sighs> this was a movie of the movies we've watched. This was one of them. If I was to if I was to say something about this movie, is this movie is. I would I would say if you wanted this on your you could put this in your drunk movie night category cat, like like running you could if you really really wanted to I think there are better ultra shitty movies thanks killing cough cough avalanche sharks thanks killing or or th- or thanks killing thanks killing thanks killing number mm-hmm. one but like avalanche sharks as well like is like this is like number three this is definitely big oh. Things are starting to get a wee bit blurry. Not everyone's paying attention to the movie anymore. But <laughs> those that are, they're looking for pretty colors and a lot of blood. So, huh, so, so that's where that's where Paul Bunyan will shine. But if you're looking to watch it, watch any movie three while not three sheets of the wind, this is not one of them. Mm-hmm. I recommend steering clear because, like, you could watch Thanksgiving sober and have a relatively good time watching like it'd be a much better movie if you were drunk but you know if you you had to pick a movie i like i don't see myself revisiting this unless i'm like you know oh no like 17 beers deep somewhere and i'm like guys (laughs) 
y'all want to see Paul Bunyan just like kill some people? Because that's going to look Absolutely. really fucking cool. That's. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. It's again. You need to be so shit faced that you turn to your friends and all you do is say the premise and everyone goes, "Oh yeah, that sounds awesome. Hell yeah!" And you go, "Okay, cool, nice." And you just turn that on. And then you like you get thirty minutes in the movie and then everybody just fucking falls asleep. Yeah, exactly. They either fall asleep or they're like goofing off somewhere else. But like, hey, there's like two or three of you that are like making an effort to watch the movie. So yeah, why not? Well, you know. We're, that that does us talking about a uh, axe giant, the wrath of Paul Bunyan, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this titillating episode of the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. Go follow us on social media: Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, the usual. You guys know where to you guys know where to catch us. And um, I don't know. Shout out to our fans in in Minnesota. I don't know if we have any, but you know, shout out to you guys. It's hell yeah, hell yeah. You 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 non Canucks Canucks. <laughs> All right, well, Mike, do you have anything you want to leave the audience with? Ah, uh, you know what? Let's 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 leave the cryptids as cryptids. We don't need to do- keep delving into cryptids. My God, if I have to see another Wendigo folktale horror movie, I'm gonna oh, oof. I'm gonna be mad. I'm gonna be mad. Next, oh God, what cryptid? What uh, what cryptid do we have to do? Oh, uh, well, Mothman's too Mothman's too mainstream. Wendigo. I want like the weirdest fucking cryptid. Just the, the weirdest <laughs> one. Uh, the New Jersey Devil. Weirder. Well, oh, goat man. We'll we'll, we'll 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 talk offline about that. But guys, thank you so much for listening. We will see y'all next week. <laughs> see you next week, everybody. <laughs>